Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. All right, here to wrap up our belonging series, let's welcome Andrew Hudson. Thanks, Michael. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. Uh, today, like Michael said, I get the privilege of kind of wrapping up this series called Belonging that we've been doing, what it, what it means to be a member of VCDC. And so if, if it's your first time here, or maybe you've come a little late to this series, we, we started off uh, by really just eight, eight weeks ago, I guess, this, it's been eight weeks now, by defining church. Like what is church? Is, is church a place? Is it a weekend event? Uh, and we said that there's a quote by a guy named Sam Alberry. He puts it like this. Church is not something we go to, but something we belong to. This idea of belonging, something that's a part of us. And the Apostle Paul put it kind of similarly, Romans 12, four through five. Uh, and we've been, this has kind of been our anchor scripture for the whole series. So I'd love it if you want to join me in reading it together aloud. It says this, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. There's that word belongs again. It's kind of awesome how that keeps coming in. Uh, the church, the body of Christ, uh, is, is each of us are as important, we are all important parts and members of the body. And all through this series, we've talked about what this entails through different kinds of lenses. And we talked about being a unifying church, that as one body, we are called to be unified together. We talked about a functioning church body, that we are all called to be active and everybody gets to play, right? That's a common vineyard phrase. We talked about being a spirit-led church, that we want to be a body that follows the lead of God. And then we talked about a kingdom church. We want to continue the, the kingdom work and, and partnering with with God to, to bring the kingdom of God uh, here on this earth. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I talked about being a generous church, that we want to be generous towards others uh, and give to the needy, give and remember the poor. Finally, last weekend, Michael talked about being a worshiping church, that we are invited as the body to worship the head. And then today, I want to wrap up by one really important final thing, talking about what does it mean to be a welcoming church? to being a welcoming church, a church that isn't just focused on our, ourselves, but is actively and intentionally inviting and welcoming others to belong as well and to feel that they belong as well. So um, for every living thing, everything that's alive, every body that's alive, by definition is growing, growing in some capacity. You know, as, as human beings, we grow, get this, 330 billion, that's with a B, billion cells a day. That's like millions of cells every second. So look at that. You just made a million new cells. Like that's crazy, right? Uh, we know that healthy babies, healthy children, that their bodies are supposed to be growing, right? They're supposed to be growing in size and mass. And when children aren't growing, that's often an, an indication or a sign that maybe something's not quite healthy, something's not quite right. The church body is the same way. We are meant to be like a living thing, growing. Uh, and we do that primarily by welcoming others, by welcoming others to be a part of the body of Christ and, and belong as well. 
And when we think about the church, really it started, it started with, with one person, right? It started with Jesus. And then Jesus, what did he do? He invited a few, few others to come and belong, to be a part of what he was doing. He invited a few people to be disciples. And, and then what happened? Those people invited a few more people. And those people invited a few more people. And one became a few, went to more, right? It, it, it began to cross towns, cross countries, cross cultures, cross continents, right? Over the centuries, over the millennium, you know, it's gone uh, from just a few to being more than 2.3 billion people, you know, in the world today. It's really the largest faith group there is. Uh, our Christians are a part of this body, the body of Christ. Uh, it, and it grows by welcoming others in. When we aren't welcoming others in, we're not acting as a healthy body, and this, I know, it, this makes sense to us, right? We, we understand this, but so oftentimes when we t- start talking about something, stuff like this, it kind of brings up some concerning or negative feelings because we start thinking about words like evangelism and that makes us feel like uncomfortable and awkward. And I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I know I have all the right answers. I don't feel equipped, right? This is all new to me. But I want to look at a story today that really debunks all of that. That, that really takes, goes back to the beginning, back to the beginning of when it was just one, just Jesus, and he began to invite just a few and to see how that plays out, um, how, the, how the church really went from that one to that few to what it is today. So we're gonna be looking in John 1, John 1, 35 through 50. If you have a Bible or a phone app, you wanna get that out, we'll also put the verses on the screen. It's a longer chunk So I'll read through it and then we'll kind of go back and unpack it. But it starts off like this in verse 35. The next day, John, this is John the the baptizer, the Baptist, however you want to say it, uh, who happened to be Jesus' cousin talking here. So the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. Come and see. So they went and saw where he was, saying, where he was staying, and they spent the day with him, and it was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard that John, what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was to go find his brother, Simon, and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you 
I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. We'll stop there, okay? That's, there's way, way, way too much there to unpack everything in detail. I wish we had time. But I wanna point out a few things from the passage that are really important. There are four individuals mentioned by name in this passage that were really some of the first four members of the church. They're the, some of the first four disciples of Jesus. They're Andrew and his brother, Simon Peter, and then Philip and his friend, Nathaniel. So let's talk about Andrew first. Great name, right? Uh, Andrew seems to be one of these two disciples that were following John, the baptizer, and that he mentions, when John mentions, there is the Lamb of God, meaning there is the Messiah, there's the Savior, the person we've been waiting for, uh, they, he's one of the ones that goes and starts uh, to follow him with this other unnamed disciple, which uh, most people believe was probably John, the author of the gospel, because he was kind of notorious for not putting his name in his own works. But, um, but, um, but Andrew goes probably with this other unnamed disciple, probably John, and they start literally walking behind Jesus, right? And Jesus turns around and says, hey, what do you guys, what do you guys want, right? Which I think would have been kind of funny to imagine. I picture Andrew and this other disciple, kind of like two little boys walking behind their cooler older brother, like, we just want to hang out where you're at, right? And, um, but G they say to Jesus, they respond to his question, what do they want? They say, well, where are you staying? And what does Jesus say? He says, come and see. He says, come and see. He doesn't ask who they are. He doesn't ask to see a resume. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't say, what makes you think you have any right to follow me around, right? Like, he doesn't say any of that. He just says, come and see. Just come and see. He invites them. He welcomes them. There's no pre-qualifications. There's no requirements. He doesn't ask them for anything. He just invites them to come and see. And we don't know exactly what happened, but we know they spent the day with Jesus and something must have happened. They must have saw something they liked because Andrew sa it says that Andrew, the very first thing he does after that, in verse 41, it says, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and to tell him, we have found the Messiah. We found the Christ. The first thing he does is go and find his brother and tell him we found the one. And Simon Peter comes and he sees, and he too begins to follow Jesus. The next day, Jesus finds a man named Philip and invites him to come follow him, right? And what does Philip immediately do? He goes not to his, his family or uh, his brother, he goes to a friend, Nathaniel, and he goes up to Nathaniel and he starts to tell him, hey, hey, we found the Messiah, the one that Moses talked about, the one the prophets predicted, we found him. And, and now, unlike Peter, Nathaniel's initial response is a little bit different. His initial response is kind of as Nazareth, can anything good come from there, right? Like he's, a, he's hesitant. And, you know, Nathaniel was from Cana, which was four miles from Nazareth. And there was kind of a little rivalry between the towns. So, so uh, Nathaniel's thinking there's nothing good that comes from Nazareth. Those are, you know, those are, we're not, we don't like those people. Uh, but but he's, he goes, he goes. And he goes not because Philip like defended his argument. It's not like Philip pulled out all these Old Testament scrolls and said, let me, let me show you let me, how this guy could be the one. He goes because what does Philip do? He simply invites him. He, he, he simply says, come and see. Come and see for yourself. Come and make up your own mind if he's the one 
or not? Right? And so Nathan, or yeah, Nathaniel reluctantly, okay, you know, he hesitantly goes, maybe he's just doing it just to appease his friend and get him off his back. Fine, I'll do it. Right? Uh, but he goes, and Jesus sees him coming. He sees him coming. And before Nathaniel can even say anything, uh, it says that Jesus says this to him Here truly is an Israelite in whom there's no deceit. Jesus says that about Nathaniel. He pays him this really nice compliment. But it's more than just a compliment. It's more than just like nice sandals, right? Or nice robe. He, he's complimenting his character. He, it's like they've been best friends their whole life. It's like they've, like Jesus is saying, I've known, basically saying, I know you. I know you. I see you and I know you. And of course, Nathaniel's like confused. Hey, we've never met before. How do you, how do you know this about me? And Jesus answered him. He said, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Now, this might be one of the oddest, most cryptic responses in the whole Bible because we don't really know what Jesus is talking about here. We don't know exactly what that means. I saw you under the fig tree, but apparently it meant a whole lot to Nathaniel. Apparently it meant everything to Nathaniel. You know, some, some speculate that Nathaniel... Uh, maybe he was having some sort of spiritual encounter with God under a fig tree. Maybe he was praying about something. Maybe he was wrestling with God about something or crying out to God about something. But for whatever, whatever it was to Nathaniel, this was a miracle. To Nathaniel, this was a miracle. Only God knew what had happened under the fig tree. And so therefore it must be true. You must be the son of God. And that's what he says. He, he doesn't just say it, he declares it. He declares it, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus saw him and Jesus knew him, the most intimate stuff about him. And he welcomed him in. He embraced him. He embraced him in. Andrew and Peter, Philip and Nathaniel, these are the first four members of the church, really. They were welcomed in uh, and, and Jesus invited Andrew and Philip, but then but then it was Andrew who immediately goes and he goes to his, his family. He goes to his flesh and blood. He goes to his brother, Peter, and he says, come and see. Come and see for yourself. Philip invites not his family, but his friend, Nathaniel. He says, come and see, come and see. And that's how it all started. That's how it grew from that place. There was no 12-point argument. There was no long debate or dissertation or I have to know all this stuff. It was simply an invitation, simply an invitation to come. You know, one was a family member, one was a friend. One was willing to go, one was very hesitant to go. Um, but they both came and they were both welcomed in. They both encountered Jesus personally. He saw them both and, and he, they, he spoke into their lives and their lives were changed forever, right? So the, the way the church started growing is the way it has continued to grow throughout history. This invitation of family and friends, of us inviting family and friends to come and see for themselves, right? Come and meet Jesus and encounter him too in a personal way. And at VCDC, here at this church, we want to and are called to continue in this simple tradition, the simple tradition of, of invitation. And thinking of not just VCDC, but the bigger church, the whole body of Christ, we want to be a welcoming church, right? First by saying, come, come in, and then come, come in and be embraced and be known and be loved and become part of the family of God. 
right? But first we have to invite, right? First we have to, which means we have to have family and friends to invite. And something I've observed, and, and this may seem counterintuitive, but it seems to be that it's a little easier if you're newer. That's just my observation is that when you're newer, whether it's uh, new to VCDC or new to exploring life with God or new Christian, uh, that it seems to be a little easier to do this initially. You know, recently I was ta- chatting with a couple that's newer to our church and uh, they were coming for a few weeks. And, uh, and then after a couple weeks, I started noticing that their row began to grow. That uh, it was just initially the two of them and then well, their, their older children were coming. And then one of their siblings and their spouse was coming. And then their parents were coming. And now they take up a whole row. And, it, and, and it's just, they're just doing what we're talking about. They, 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 they came and saw and encountered Jesus in a way. And they're just inviting their family to do the same. For some of you, it's your friends, right? It's your friends at work or it's your friends in your neighborhood. It's, you're inviting friends. I know this is happening. Uh, maybe, it, maybe for some of you who are younger, it's friends from school, this has been happening like amazing and with our youth. Um, I have two middle schoolers of my own, uh, an eighth grader and a sixth grader. And so on Sunday nights in our, you know, over here, we have Ignite Middle School Youth Group. And uh, last Sunday, this past Sunday, so almost a week ago, I, um, I was coming to pick up my kids and I, I came in and, and I walked in and I was like, and I, well, let me just say this. I know most of you, like most of you, I recognize if I don't know your name, like I'm familiar with you, I'm familiar with your kids. So I know most people and I walked in and I thought, I don't know that kid, never seen that kid before. That parent picking up that kid, I've, I don't know them. And so I went, brother, I went to Brett and Heather, our youth pastor, I said, you had a lot of visitors today. He said, we had 17 visitors come for the first time Sunday night to our middle school group. Like, it's amazing. And that's, that's happening in middle school. It's happening in our, our, our high school youth group. They're inviting friends and they're encountering Jesus. They're meeting Jesus in a personal way. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, I think it can get a little bit more challenging when you've been around for a while though. I know that's, I would, I would say that's for me too. Like if you have, if most of your family and friends are already here, Right? or the people you have a lot of relationship with are already here, uh, it can be a little tougher. But we are all called to be welcomers and to be inviters and to pay attention, to pay attention to the new people God brings in our lives, the new coworker, the new neighbor, the new friend, and then to be not only to pay attention, but then to be intentional about it. That's the key, to not be complacent or even lazy, but to remain open and to be intentional to invite and welcome others. Uh, to, to anyone that God puts in our lives to come and see, to come and see. We don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to have it all figured out. I don't think Andrew and Philip totally knew what they were signing up for, right? But they said to their brother, to their friend, Peter, and Nathaniel, hey, why don't you come too? Come and, and check out this guy, Jesus. See, we never, we never graduate out of that. We are always called to that. And that makes me think of a couple of practical things I want to just let you know about. One is our six packs. And that is not maybe the six pack that you might initially be thinking of, but it's, it's uh, these six packs. I'll pull one out of my pocket. 
These little invite cards. You may, you may have never noticed these before. Some of you have been around for a while. These, these are by all the doors as you leave the exits, but there are six invite cards. Uh, if you don't have one, I would encourage you to grab one or two, pick one up on the way out. Sometimes if you've been around for a while, they just kind of become like wall decorations, right? But that's not what they are. We want you to take them. We want you to use them. Put it in your pocket, carry it around with you, your purse, your car, wherever, your backpack. And when you have a conversation with somebody, you think, oh, I, would want, I want them to invite them to come and see. You know, you pull one out and give it to them. The other thing is, in a couple months here, we, we're hoping to do our Alpha course again uh, in person, which is a nine-week course that we, we teach and have, um, where it's, a, it's a totally geared for people to come and see and encounter Jesus for the, maybe the first time. People who have questions about God or don't have a relationship with God. It's, it's, um, it's not meant to be intimidating. It's meant to be super inviting. And, and so often that's what we see happen. People come and meet Jesus in a powerful way. So even just be thinking about uh, who could I invite to that in a few months. Um, but once people come in, right, they come in this way, it sometimes uh, can take a little bit of time to come in like this right? That, that's another kind of like level of being embraced. Um, we, need to, we need to be able to make space for people to be known here in this place. Um, when Sarah and I first came to VCDC like 15 years ago, we didn't know a single person. We didn't know a single soul. And we walked in and we loved it. We felt, we felt super welcomed. We felt people were greeted us at the door. People were smiling and nice People, you know, that we got, we got a mug at the end of our first visit. Many of you, I know, have the vineyard mug. Uh, there's been multiple generations of that mug. Um, but we, we, you know, we, we really, we felt very welcome like this. But it did take some time to be welcome like this. That didn't happen instantly. And, and you know, and I remember when we would first come, we would do that thing. Maybe you've done this before, too, when you're new to some place, right? Where everybody, you, you, it's over, the service is over. And we would kind of do this real slow, awkward, like gathering of our stuff, right? Like, slow, how slow can I pick up my coffee cup? How slow can I put on my coat? Where the whole time I'm like making, looking on the corner, is somebody going to talk to us? Should we talk to somebody? Like, we don't know anybody. That awkward kind of like gathering our stuff up. And then we would kind of mosey in the lobby, right? And then we would, we would go out our door and, and go out the door and get in our car and go home. And, um, and, and I remember, and we did that for a while. And, but I would see all these people who knew each other really well, hugging and laughing and handshaking and, you know, people grabbing coffee and sitting down in the cafe like they are planning on not leaving for a long time, right? They're catching up with friends. And, and we just knew that we, we weren't quite there yet. We, you know, we were still new and, and that was okay. And we knew that part of that was our responsibility, that, that we, we, we had to take that, that step. We had, to, we had to take that step to try out some small groups, we had to take that step to come to some of the extra events and things, smaller gatherings of things to be known by people. And that took a little bit of time. And eventually when we did, we did experience that, that welcome, that full embrace. Uh, and we've loved being a part of the, this church um, for, you know, for a long, long time now. But that's part of the reason why we, we push small groups so much. And why we constantly, every week, feature a small group. I want to encourage you, if you're not in a small group, check out a small group. Sometimes it feels like maybe we're pushing a little hard or kicking them. <laughs> okay, we're not kicking people, literally. But uh, we, we know that that's how you're going to get connected. And I want to, just for a second, I want to talk to those of you online. If you're online only right now, I just want to let you know that we would, we're, we're looking at gathering some of you together 
who maybe are feeling disconnected in an online-only small group. And so if you would be interested in that, you're not committing to anything, but if you would be interested in that, will you email us at info at vcdc.org and let us know that you'd be interested in that. We're gonna see you know, if we can get together some people who would be and then hopefully uh, start a group so you aren't feeling as disconnected. But I wanna, I wanna lovingly uh, challenge and encourage those of you who've been here for some time Uh, Those of you who have lots of family, lots of friends who feel like you've been fully embraced and embracing, you know, to remember, to remember what it was like to be new. To remember what it was like to walk in and maybe you didn't know anybody or maybe you only knew the one person who invited you. To remember what it felt, how it could feel so, so alone. Uh, You've probably all been uh, been invited to like a party by a friend before and you get to the party and you realize you don't know a single person there, right? And the friend who invited you isn't there yet and you're just praying they didn't stand you up, right? But that can be one of the most lonely experiences to be in a crowd of people who seem to know it all, everybody knows each other except for you, right? And we don't want that to be your experience uh, here. Um, we did a survey a few weeks back where a few hundred of you, thank you for all those who filled out our survey, uh, and Michael's going to share a little bit more of the results of that survey at our all congregational meeting tomorrow night, so on, or Sunday night at 7 p.m. So I would encourage you to come back for that, a little plug for that. Um, but one of the questions we asked, and many of you responded uh, to this question was, how many people do you know and have like authentic friendship and relationship with here in the church? How many people do you know? And about 70% of you, about 70% of you said that you knew five or more people, which is awesome. That's great. And that's a pretty high number. But that also means that there are 30% of you who don't know very many people. Even a good chunk of that 30% was honest and said, I don't know a single person, like really know a single person who's a part of a VCDC. You know, when I, like I was talking earlier, when Sarah and I first started coming, we did that awkward, slow gathering of our stuff. Like, is that, are we going to talk to anybody? Is anybody going to talk to us? Um, we were part of that 30% at that point, right? Um, but there's a, uh, we would kind of gather our stuff and head out. Well, statistically, there's like a three-minute rule. Like three minutes, if you're in a place where you don't really have a, no people and you're in a setting like that, you will, you will wait around at the most three minutes before it's awkward enough that you're, you're, you've moved on, you're out the door. And so um, I want to challenge, lovingly challenge and encourage the 70% to really, you know, during that first three minutes, to really begin to embrace the other 30% to get to know other people, you know? And I, I tried to be, I've for years tried to be really super intentional about this. And I've probably offended some of you who are, are that are friends of mine, uh, where I will like, you will make eye contact and I will walk right past you and ignore you after the service to go talk to the person behind you that I don't know yet, you know? And, and, and if that, if I've ever done that to you, this is my official apology, I'm sorry. But now you know why, because I know that that person will not be there in a few minutes after you and I are done talking. But you still will be because you got friends and family. And so you're still gonna be here in 10, 15 minutes and we can talk for 20 minutes and catch up after that. But I wanna invite, uh, I wanna invite those of you who again are like the 70% to join in kind of this, this three minute habit uh, to just be looking around and be paying attention to who, who, might, be, who might be new, who might be, lonely, who might not know a lot of people or have a lot of people to talk to. And so 
I want to kind of wrap up and end by doing something a little bit different. The introverts in the room, you're not going to like it, okay? But you won't say anything because you're introverts. You'll give it to yourself. Uh, but, uh, but I want everybody to stand up for a second. Let's all stand up. Some of you probably figured it out, but I want, I want to take like one minute, just a minute, and I want you to, to just move around your area, move around the room for a second, and just introduce yourself to somebody you don't know. Just say hi to somebody. You don't have to have, like, share your whole life story or tell them everything, but just say your name, glad you're here. And just, just you don't have to go to the other side of the room, but just take, let's take 30 seconds, one minute, and let's just break the ice and introduce yourself. Let's do that now. Go for it. And if you don't move, I will call you out by name. I will move you two. I know. All right, let's start to, Michael's yelling at me. I got to rein you back in. Let's start to head back to our seats. Let's start to head back. <laughs> Maybe this was a bad idea. Um, please, please return to your seats. Please return to your seats. Uh, enough being friendly. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. No, I, if I could get some of the some of the staff to just go around and just take a head count of how many people died. Because I know some of you thought you were going to die being asked to do that. Nobody died. We're okay. Kurt, I see you right there. Um, hey, no, that was, that was great. Thanks for, thanks for doing that for me, even if it was just to appease me. Um, but here's what I would say is, is, obviously, as the worship team has come back up, we're going to worship here in a second. But I just want to encourage you... Um, you know, after the service, if you don't, if you got to run out and be somewhere, that's fine. If you got to go get your kids, that's fine. But I would just encourage you to go back up to one of those people and just have a little bit of a longer conversation. Get to know them a little bit. Help them to feel, um, you know, known in the church uh, a little bit more. Um, and if you're in a small group or a part of a small group, and, you know, you can always, you know, you don't have to make them feel like pressure, but you can always invite them to your small group. Um, because I think it's important I think it's important that at VCDC that we continue to keep and nurture this culture of come and see, but then also come and see, come and see, come and see what it's like to be a part of the family of God and to be known and to be known by, by Jesus and to be known by the body of Christ. That's, I mean, that's what all Andrew and Philip really did. They didn't have it all figured out yet. They didn't know all the answers they just invited friends, family, people to come and see. And, and when that happens, the church grows. The big church grows. The church grows from towns to crosses towns, to crosses countries, to cultures, to continents, to 2.3 billion, to, to what it ultimately will be, where we'll get to a point someday 
where everybody has been invited. Everybody has been given the invitation to come and see and to come and belong. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand back up again? Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.